Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's good to be with you. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas week, um, and there isn't a uh, standard uh, Come Follow Me scripture block to study this week, especially since the beginning of uh, next uh, year, we'll be studying the New Testament uh, and in depth the, uh, the birth of the Savior. And uh, so I am alone today with you. I uh, decided maybe I'd do a a little bit different podcast with you today and uh, just share some thoughts that I have uh, about Christ's birth and, and the Christmas season and uh, and maybe just invite you uh, to join us the first of the year for a real in-depth discussion about uh, the Christ's birth story. Before we jump into the discussion today, um, I want to uh, invite you all to uh, jump onto a Facebook uh, page that we've created here at the Institute. We would love... Uh, to be able to uh, reach out to those that are listening to this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you discuss things back and forth with each other. Um, at this point, the uh, podcast has been going for about uh, six months, not quite six months. And uh, we've got 300 plus people that are listening out there uh, in, uh, I think we're up to 14 different countries. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how uh, that that uh, people are finding us, and we'd love to hear just your your uh, experience with us here, and and give you an opportunity and a place to uh, to share your thoughts on on what we talk about, other other insights that you've had as you've studied on your own, uh, things that you've learned, uh, just whatever. We just would like to provide an opportunity for for this little podcast that we've got going here to to have a group that uh, can talk with one another. So. Um, we've created a, a Facebook page, um, and the page is called Come Follow Him Podcast Group. So join us there. Go, uh, go to Facebook and, and in the search uh, field, if you just if you put Come Follow Him Podcast Group in quotes, then it comes up pretty quickly at the top. Um, and it's our, our standard logo uh, is there. So those of you that have seen that, uh, yeah, again, we'd just love to have you there and uh, excited about uh, that opportunity to, to reach out and have a little bit of interaction. Uh, sometimes I feel a little like uh, we have this great discussion amongst us and then uh, we have no idea how it's received <laughs> other than that our listeners keep listening and we're, we're, we're growing every week. So we're excited about that and grateful for those of you that come back every week and uh, we're just hoping to provide a little bit more for those that are interested in it. So Again, that's the Come Follow Him podcast group. And again, if you put it in quotes, it'll come up pretty quickly. So, so today, uh, I wanted to just talk about a couple of songs, actually, that, uh, 
that have been on my mind this season and uh, just some insights that I've had just throughout my life, really, just th- things that have, have kind of stood out to me. And, and I'm going to uh, direct my thoughts a little bit uh, around a talk that Elder Holland gave uh, back in 1977 uh, at a BYU devotional. Uh, wonderful talk, and uh, I just loved it. And, and I'm going to take a couple of pieces out of that today. But uh, the first song I would like to talk with, with you about uh, is the song, What Child Is This? Um, it's, it's one of my favorite songs, uh, the holiday season. And let me just begin by quoting Elder Holland here. He says, I wonder if Luke did not have some special meaning when he wrote not there was no room in the inn, but specifically there was no room for them in the inn. We cannot be certain, but it is my guess that money could talk in those days as well as in our own. I think if Joseph and Mary had been people of influence or means, they would have found lodging even at that busy time of year. Elder Holland goes on and he speaks of uh, uh, the feelings that Joseph uh, might have had as he was going into uh, that place, Jerusalem, that was hustling and bustling with all of the Hebrew people coming to uh, pay their tax at that time of year. Um, and uh, he, he says this, Elder Holland says, I quote, In these very last and most painful hours of her confinement, Mary had ridden or walked approximately a hundred miles from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem in Judea. Surely Joseph must have wept at her silent courage. I wonder what emotions Joseph might have had as he cleared away the dung and debris. I wonder if he felt the sting of tears as he hurriedly tried to find the cleanest straw and hold the animals back. I wondered if he wondered, is this a place fit for a king? Should the mother of the Son of God be asked to enter the valley of the shadow of death in such a foul and unfamiliar place as this? Is it wrong to wish her some comfort? Is it right he should be born here? Now, connecting this to the song... um, what child is this? I have often heard that song and wondered if the text could be the thoughts that Joseph had as he watched his wife uh, bear the Christ child in that space. You think about Joseph and and how he obviously was so willing, right? He he hears from the uh, from the angel uh, Gabriel and is told of the the birth that he should go ahead and. Uh, uh, continue in his marriage with Mary, but but he uh, he he must have felt differently um, than any any traditional father would feel. Uh, he's he's looking at this newborn babe with a, a, a woman who um, the angel has said is choice above all, um, and uh, who so he must have felt humble just in his in, with his spouse. But then to look at this this child that he's been asked to be effectively a surrogate father for, uh, for an infant who probably as a toddler would teach him things, uh, let alone as an adult man as he grew and, and uh, as the savior of the world, the, the, the feelings he must have had uh, to consider that child, um, I think are pretty significant to, to identify that child, to ask the question, what child is this? Um, maybe is, is a direct question that Joseph could have asked. So here's what I'd like to do. I, uh, a few years ago, I recorded a, a little Christmas album for my mom. I, many of you know maybe that uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a musician. I was a choir director for a long time, still conduct choirs here at the Institute. 
Um, and uh, so I, I recorded some Christmas music for my mom some years ago. And What Child Is This is one of my favorite ones and, and happens to be uh, one of the songs that I recorded. And, and so what I'd like to do is insert it here uh, and just let you consider uh, the text as if it was something that Joseph was singing as he watched his infant child. What child is this who's laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping. Incense, gold, and myrrh Come, peasant king, to own him The king of kings salvation brings Let loving hearts enthrone him This, this is Christ, the king Whom shepherds guard and angels sing Oh, <laughs> 
So now let, let's let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I, I love that idea that Joseph would have felt um, would have felt humbled uh, just because of the Savior being the Savior. But but maybe uh, he would also have felt humbled about the circumstances that he was in. We we don't really have any indication about the wealth that Joseph brought into a marriage. Um, that that his standing in society. We really don't have. Uh, much there. Elder Holland had suggested in the quotes we heard before that that uh, had he had means, he probably would have been able to find a, a room uh, or suggested that that might have been so. And so it's, it's probable that he was uh, without much uh, financially. And I think this time of year with all the things that we buy and all the falderall that goes with the Christmas season, uh, I think it might be good for us to just remember back to the Savior's humble circumstances and ponder on the gifts that we give and, uh, and, and why we give them, where they come from, uh, what do they offer uh, to the Savior even. And uh, so let me continue on. I'll read a little bit more from that uh, talk from 1977 uh, from Elder Holland. He says this, You'll recall from Dr. Seuss's holiday horror story, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, that the devilish Grinch determined to rob Whoville of every holiday treat. In a nefarious scheme in which the Grinch dressed as Santa himself, he moved through Whoville, taking every package, tree, ornament, and stocking. We now come upon him as he leaves the city, chuckling to himself in delight over the pain he will have caused children like little Cindy Lou Who. 3,000 feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-poo to the Who's, he was grinchously humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the Who's down in Whoville will cry, Boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused, and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he stood. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without bags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Elder Holland continued, Part of the purpose for telling that story of Christmas is to remind us that Christmas doesn't come from a store. 
Indeed, however delightful we feel about it, even as children, each year it means a little bit more. And no matter how many times we read the biblical account of that evening in Bethlehem, we always come away with a thought or two that we haven't had before. Christ uh, was born in uh, some pretty powerful circumstances that, that uh, we'll learn in the beginning of the New Testament um, that while the circumstances he was born into were very humble, obviously born into a stable and, and laid in a manger, we'll learn about some uh, characteristics of those places and uh, even the things that he was wrapped in that had some pretty powerful meaning and significance uh, back then and to us today if we understood the uh, importance. But nonetheless, the circumstances that he was born into were significantly uh, poor. And uh, uh, the gifts that we offer each other this time of year I think are really important. I think it's valuable that we, we lift each other and we, we look at what others need and we consider those needs as we provide gifts for them. My wife will tell you that I uh, am not shy about spending money at Christmas, and uh, and she gets uh, she gets after me a little bit for it. But but uh, I I think there's some value in that. Um, but but the thought that I'm having here as as I listen to Elder Holland's talk there is that um, when we give our gifts to the Savior, we we really have only our our will to offer Him, but. But the song, The Little Drummer Boy, comes to my mind um, when I think about somebody giving gifts. Obviously, we have the three wise men that provided uh, gifts that maybe were of, of great value um, because they had the means to do that. Um, and perhaps as we look at our own lives, the capacities we're born with, the abilities we have, the talents we have uh, are, are highly valuable to the church, to the God, to the Savior in gathering and those types of things. And, and so... You know, I think it's important that we look at our lives and we say, what offering can I give? Um, but consider for a minute this song, uh, Little Drummer Boy. Now, I've got six children, and I would say that um, playing a drum at any infant trying to be calm is probably not a thing that was would be seen as very valuable. And yet this little boy, uh, considering all the things that he could offer the Savior, had a thing that... He had been given as a talent that perhaps those in the room at the time would have not seen as a valuable gift uh, to offer. Um, and yet this boy said, that's all I have. This is all I have to offer. I think this season, as we look around at the things that we offer uh, to, to those around us, uh, perhaps some of us feel like our offering isn't uh, enough. It isn't it isn't valuable. It isn't seen as something that uh, others would want even. Um, but I know that our Savior's gifts to us in our talents, um, in our abilities, in our uh, capacities uh, are things that He has given to us for a reason and things that He sees value in even if no one around us does. And so uh, I'll play a, a, another uh, version of that uh, great song. Uh, again, it was on my mom's Christmas album, but but consider for a minute the gifts that you have and the gifts that you're offering the Savior. Are they everything you have? Is there more you could offer? Um, and, and and even if they're small, even if they're things that uh, that you don't feel like 
uh, he would see value in, like playing a drum. Uh, is that something you could find a way to uh, help him see your offering offered to him? I think that's really all he's asking, is that we each offer an offering uh, that is our, our whole offering, um, whatever it is. I don't think it matters to him what it is, uh, as long as it's everything, <laughs> which sounds uh, uh, simple, oversimplified for sure. But, but anyway, so consider that as you listen to this song. I played my best 
for him. Rum pum pum pum, rum pum pum pum, rum pum pum pum. Then he smiled at me. Rum pum pum pum, me and my friend. When So brothers and sisters, with that, I'll wish you all a Merry Christmas. Um, I want to invite you back next week. Next week, I'm excited. We're going to have Brother Neil Knight come back in. Uh, he's our kind of resident historian here around the Institute. And, and I asked him to, to teach us a little bit about uh, the period of time between Malachi and uh, John the Baptist, really, but the beginning of the New Testament. Um, that's called an intertestamental period. And he was so excited about that. Uh, he uh, said that he wanted some time to really study it. And uh, I'm going to let that podcast just kind of be what it is. I'm not going to limit it time-wise. We tend to uh, stick between uh, 30 minutes and an hour somewhere. But, but I really want that uh, opportunity for, for him to teach us what, ex what happened in between that, uh, that three or 400 year period. I think it will be important. So next week we're going to do that um, uh, before we jump into the New Testament. I think that will be a good... Uh, transition in. So invite you back next week to do that. Um, and then just to remember to jump onto the Facebook page again and say hello. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Most importantly though, I'd love to create a place for you guys to just come together, discuss what you're learning, discuss other things that you've thought, and, uh, and keep our little podcast family uh, together a little bit here. I think, I think there's some things we could do to, to uh, help build each other up. Um, relevance, I think, is the most important component of what we're trying to do here is to, to find relevance in the scriptures uh, each week as we study the Come Follow Me scripture block um, that the church uh, has us study. And, and I think as, as we do that, um, but I think there are so many other things that we could be sharing, uh, we by no means are the uh, final say or the final answer or even really getting it all. Um, and so we invite you to come there and, and see if we can share some things together about how the scriptures are relevant in our lives and help us all be better gathered to Christ, myself included. I just would appreciate your input and your, uh, your thoughts there. So with that, brothers and sisters, have a Merry Christmas and uh, we'll see you next week. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you.